Hi there, this is Clark Terry here, reminding you to pull your bearskins a little closer to the fire. That's it. <laughs> now you're talking to me. Ah, watch out for those snapping sparks. Everybody cozy? Now the good news is that you're in time for the humble farmer. You've worked hard all day, and you deserve to relax now. So stay right there and listen to the best of this kind of music. Chet Baker doing all he possibly could with that particular amount of sound here on The Humble Farmer. Thank you for listening. A Halton woman was driving through Canadian customs with nine screaming kids. When the officer at the window peeked in and asked her if she had any drugs or alcohol, she said, If I had, I would have used it by now.
Mm, Paul Desmond, wasn't that Ron Carter on bass sounded sounded like him breaking the tempo from time to time to do other little things <laughs> here is a letter that contains an interesting observation from a radio friend whose name I will not mention for a reason that will become obvious radio friend says let me start by saying I do like hamburgers and french fries now then, do you remember Vasily Alexeyev? A-L-E-K-S-E-Y-V. Alexeyev. He was the Russian weightlifter who broke world record after world record in the 1970s. My brother pointed out to me that Alexeyev was careful to only beat the record by a just, by just a little bit of weight. And what drove the incrementalist behavior of this vaunted Soviet hero was the profit motive. He was handsomely rewarded by the state for every world record with privileges and luxuries undreamt of by the typical poor comrade. So, although he was strong enough to set a record at, say, 20 kilos more than anyone else could lift, he was smart enough to break the world record by only one or two kilos every time he entered the contest. So, he was able to hang in there and break record after record over a period of several years. Yesterday, I had my annual weigh-in. I weighed 175 pounds, this radio friend says. I asked my wife if she remembered what I had weighed last year. 180 or more, said she, and congratulated me on my healthful progress. And then it hit me. So many, so many burgers and fries needlessly foregone because I was not as smart as Alexeyev. Well, i got to thank him for that letter. Thank you for that letter. I'm going to point out here that my friend the writer was obviously not, he was obviously also not as smart as his brother who called his attention to what this Russian was doing. I can say this because over the past 70 or so years, I have had hundreds of similar experiences. I know very well what it's like to not be the smartest brother. Thank you. 
Joe Pass here on the Humble Farmer. Well, then you like it all. You can hear me playing old-fashioned music just for you every week at this time. Thank you for listening. And I am sorry I blasted you with that. My fault because some of these tunes have 5 seconds, 14 seconds, 7 seconds of blank space in them before they play. That's the way it is with these CDs I have. And I have to 
pay attention to see how many seconds it is. Unfortunately, this machine makes an awful blast if you don't put sound into into it right constantly. It seems to readjust itself so that the first sound that comes out is a huge blast. Sorry, sorry. Try to avoid it when we can. Someone named Clay Shirky says, For the last hundred years, the big organizational question has been whether any given task was best taken on by the state, direct in the effort in a planned way, or by business is competing in a market. Let me repeat that. For the last hundred years, the big organizational question has been A. Whether any given task was best taken on by the state, direct in the effort in a planned way, or B. By businesses competing in a market. When you think about this, you know that the question could be easily answered by anyone who flies about and visits several countries, looks around and sees in which countries they find the most people who have health insurance, the fewest people in jail, and the fewest number of people who are getting food stamps. So can you understand why the way to go should be a big organizational question when Clay Shirky or anyone else with the price of a plane ticket or two could see it with their own eyes? You always hurt The one you love The one you shouldn't hurt At all You always take the sweetest rose and crush it till the petals fall. Now, excuse me there, Mr. Carl Grayson. I'll tell this little girl all about this year's situation. Now, honey child, you know that you always seems to break the, uh, well, the very kindest soul of our heart with a hasty word that you just can't seem to recall. Honey child, honey lamb, honey baby, honey doll, honey pie. Now then, if this boy, now mind you, I says, uh, if this year boy done broke your heart last night, honey child, honey lamb, honey baby, honey doll, honey pie, is because he love you the most of all. Kindest heart 
with a hasty word you can't recall. Where are you, you old If I broke crunch your heart last night, it's because I love you most of all. Spike Jones, although this winter has been unusually mild, January and February in Maine are usually times of poverty, hopelessness, discomfort, and frustration. Yes, although this winter has been unusually mild, January and February in Maine are usually times of poverty, hopelessness, discomfort, and frustration. If you have any wood, it's either frozen in the ground or covered with snow. A carpenter ant could starve to death on the wood a typical Maine man has in his barn by March 20th. That which is a ten-minute job in the summer is either impossible or a career in the winter. Then, to add insult to injury, we have dozens of neighbors who just couldn't stand the winters anymore who send us postcards from Florida or Arizona telling us how they miss Maine and how we must be enjoying the Maine winter. You know, the newly fallen snow is so pretty. You think about how your truck slid off the edge of your driveway and you tried to call your friend who has a four-wheel drive, but you can't because the lines have been taken down by the ice storm. On the bottom of their postcard, don't they always say that they'll be back for the friendship sloop races after the fog and black fly seasons have gone by? And you smile because that means you're never going to see them again.
Listen to what I just read about this man named Saul Elinsky, who was a master organizer. In one of his puckish moods, Saul talked the president of a university into letting him anonymously take an examination being administered to candidates for a doctorate in community organization. Three of the questions were on the philosophy of and motivations of Saul Alinsky, writes Saul. I answered two of them incorrectly. (laughs) And you've probably heard this. To prove how hard it is for new writers to break in, Jersey Kaczynski used a pen name to submit his bestseller Steps to 13 literary agents and 14 publishers. All of them reject it, including Random House, who had just published it.
Mm, sunny step. And, oops, did I make a mistake? Oh, don't I hate, hate to make mistakes. Here we go. Get it right. Get up to 18, 19. You push the button when it's at 19. There. I told you I have to queue these up in a certain way. This week, my computer keeps telling me that I haven't paid my internet bill. I know I've paid my internet bill. But I'm asked to click on a link so I can give them my credit card information. Do you think this email could possibly be from a crook who is fishing for information? You know that old saying, give a man a fish and he'll enjoy a good meal. Teach him how to fish and he'll scam the public for millions. Wilson. Wilson on the humble farmer where with any luck at all you can hear me playing old fashioned music just for you every week at this time thank you thank you for listening did you know that as a cultist as a cultist you can take classes into how you can take classes in how to bring depressed people into your fold I recently read a book by Chris Hedges who apparently took a several day workshop with a cult girl just to find out what it was about. Chris tells step by step how they rehearse the speeches that'll bring the sick, the sad, the suffering and the sorrowful into line so that these new people will henceforth do exactly what the cult leaders want them to do. If you're a drunk who has lost everything or a child who has recently lost a parent or a rejected lover, you are at a point in your life when you will quickly embrace the feigned 
friendship, the fan, the tension, the sympathy, and a promised path that will free you from worry that is offered by these skilled professionals. One would imagine that top salesmen have taken similar courses that teach the steps to consummate in a sale in, in most any field.
<laughs> and that was Sonny Stitt to do the Eternal Triangle, which no one has probably ever heard before. Speaking of cults, reminds me of a very good and intelligent man I used to go lawn sailing with. He was a natural salesman, and he followed almost the exact steps I saw outlined in, outlined in that book by Chris Hedges on how to get people to join a cult. After listening to my friend's cheerful patter for a few minutes, instead of selling him something, the person running the lawn sale, listen to this, the person running the lawn sale would go in the house and bring out something they wanted to give him. Now, I've seen him do this over and over. It's all in the patter. It's all in making friends with people. And it, it is to my credit that I do have the ability to learn. I'm no better than the cultists I read of in the book. And here's how I soften up a potential seller at a lawn sale. The seller, or man and wife, or seller and companion, are often sitting in the shade or in the sun behind rows of tables of assorted pieces of junk. As I walk up their driveway, they often shout out at me, How are you today? I say, Today, I am trying to boost the local economy. I'm going to spend as much money here as possible. Please tell me how I can help you. I want to spend money here. Of course, I say this real slow so they don't miss a word. I drawl it right out. You know, I'm going to boost the local economy. I'm trying to boost the local economy. These people are now at ease. They're not on the defensive. They're on my side. They see me as a delightful and somewhat foolish old main character. Well, after chatting with them a while, I might say, that's a very nice-looking chain, as I extend a hand holding a dollar bill. And what I'm looking at on the ground is a 25-foot logging chain with heavy links and hooks on both ends. I say, I'd, I'd really like to have that wonderful chain. Would you take a dollar for it? Because I got the dollar right in my hand, hold, putting it right out there. Now, her husband has stepped into the house for a drink. And this woman knows a sucker when she sees one. She takes the dollar. Well, of course, feeling somewhat guilty, I give her another dollar. And you know, if it wasn't for that final weakness I have, I might have been heading up my own cult a long time ago.
Oscar Peterson, of course, here on Humble Farmer, where, with any luck at all, you can hear me playing old-fashioned music right here on your favorite station. Every week at this time, I read that Martin Heidegger had extramarital affairs with two of his students. Do you think that is worth mentioning in a professor's biography? 
Wouldn't it be more remarkable to, to find a famous professor who did not marry or did not have an affair with one of his or her graduate students? Time for one more. Who we have? Who's next? Oh yes, Al Cohn. I remember you, booby dooby dooby. I stumbled across some newspapers that weren't printed in the United States. If you are an international traveler, you know how you know how interesting foreign newspapers can be. You can read about little insignificant things that aren't important enough to get into the Wall Street Journal. According to one foreign newspaper, the Pentagon investigated some United States company that billed the Army for cleaning some offices up to four times per day. (laughs) Of course, I'm laughing because 
I have lived with Marsha, the almost perfect woman, for over twenty years, so of course I don't see anything unusual about cleaning a room four times a day. Would you dare stand up at town meeting and say that the brave men who are defending our country don't deserve clean offices? You would be putting your patriotism on the line. Should any American company be suspected of criminal activity just because they bill the army for cleaning an office four times in one day? Think about this. Does not our present system depend on this kind of thing? Where else would all that political campaign money come from?
Thank you, thank you for listening to The Humble Farmer. I see it is time to get out of here with any luck at all. No, no, no. That was being bad. With any luck at all, I'll be back next week. Thank you again for listening.